Hey guys, welcome back. This is episode four of Nesting with the Early Birds. Today we're going to talk about homeschooling, why it's great, why we did it, and why it also can suck quite a bit. All right, guys, get cozy, get your favorite blanket, get some friends, get a babysitter. I don't care. Just get cozy and enjoy what we're about to talk about. Thanks for coming back. Hey, friends, welcome back. This is episode four. That's like a pretty big deal. That means it's almost five, which would be half of ten. There you go, guys. You just were homeschooled. Boom. Just kidding. Anyways, today we're going to talk about homeschooling and basically how Evan and I, Evan's my husband, how we have been super nerdily passionate about homeschooling way back in the beginning. The church that we go to, Sycamore Presbyterian, is awesome because I would say about a third of the families there each do a different thing. So like a third of them homeschool, a third of them public school, and a third of them private school. And all of us are just trying to love our kids as best we can. I mean, God gives you children. You've got a really important job to do. And that job is to show them how well loved they are. I can get into a whole thing eventually on how important, you know, early childhood development is and the love that you show them. But I have a feeling if you're listening to our podcast, you already are kind of in the same boat as me and think your kids are pretty darn great. So anyways, Evan and I have homeschooled ever since the beginning and we love it. And so for the beginning of this, I am going to talk about why we do it so not to get too preachy on you guys I had decided back in the day I wasn't going to get too preachy on this podcast but like let's face it a I'm a Christian b it is a really big deal for why we're homeschooling if this doesn't apply to you guys it's okay it doesn't mean I'm like judging you secretly anything like that it just means you might have a different strategy that you're working with a different why you're working with and that's fine Support each other, girls and husbands. Husbands, support your girls while they're supporting each other. Okay, so Psalm 127.3 says, Behold, children are a heritage from the Lord, the fruit of the womb, a reward. And that is how we look at our kids. Like they, I mean, you've heard me talk about Lucas, how he's a gift to us and we don't deserve him. We 100% think that our kids, each and every one of them is a special gift from God. And with that, we want to do the best thing we can with the gift. You know what I'm saying? Like if somebody was like, hey, friend, I got you this really special, blah, blah, blah. I don't know, maybe it's a glass flute. <laughs> a glass flute. I don't know why that was like the first random thing I could think about. But let's pretend you have a friend that's like, here's this glass flute. I want you to take care of it. It's real special to me. It is now your gift. You would be a huge you know what, aka butthole, if you were to just throw the thing on the ground, stomp it, maybe hide it away forever, I don't know, just not care about it or even despise it. It would be pretty, you know, shysty. But our kids are much better than glass flutes, so I think that at that point that's kind of where the analogy ends. (laughs) Anyways, we really do uh, 
believe our kids are important and we really want to be there for those like defining moments in their lives those times when they might do that first thing you know we get to be there for it we're not reading a report from the teacher that says you know today your daughter was able to sound out the word cat and she was beaming with pride or whatever I don't even know if they do reports in that depth of things like beaming with pride. If I were a teacher, that's 100% what I would do. But anyways, you get to be there as the mom and dad. You are the one that gets to be there for your kid's first blank. So for instance, our daughter Evangeline has autism. She has high functioning autism. And one of the things that is pretty characteristic of at least her is that she is Um, almost a perfectionist to the point where if she doesn't think she can do something well she'd rather not try and she sure as heck doesn't want you to watch her learning this thing or trying this thing so you can imagine as her teacher how friggin hard that is Um, okay we're gonna get to that on the why homeschooling sucks part later in this episode (laughs) but to be there when you've seen your kids struggle and struggle and persevere And you as the mom, you're persevering. And all of a sudden, you see your kid do that thing. Whatever that thing is. And you're standing there. And you see it and your heart is racing at first. Because you're thinking, oh no, like, I don't know if they're going to be able to do this thing. I know that this normally ends in tears. And then they do the thing. And they look up at you. They look up to see that you're watching them. And they see that you're watching them. And your child maybe responds differently. Our five-year-old Anwen is a lot like me. So if she did something great, she'd be like, heck yes! We'd have like a family dance party. Everybody would know about it. If Evangeline does something well, she might flush with excitement. She might give a beam of, wow mom, like this knowing glance of, you saw me do that, right? And that's it. And if you go overboard in praising her, she'll get really angry with you. So anyways, you get to be there for those things. And I got to be there seeing my son doing things like, you know, math, adding, whatever. And those things, you know, reading, writing, math, those are super important. But you get to be there for things like learning how to hold a pencil, learning how to use a glue stick, um, drawing their first self-portrait, drawing their first portrait of dad. Whatever it is, you can not only be there, you're not only helping them create that thing, you have the memory of the creation of that thing. And it's just beautiful. It can definitely help encourage you when you're feeling really stuck in the rut or like nothing's going right. You can look back at those, you know, big things and realize, I I was there for that. Like, this is really cool. Okay, so there's that. Being there for their first ever whatevers. That's a big deal. Also, the things that they learn are the things that you want them to learn. And I don't even mean that in a weird controlling, like, I understand that it could be a big problem and people would use it to their advantage in terrible ways and brainwash their kids to be evil people haters or whatever it is. But you know what, guys? Those are the minorities, so just don't focus on that. What I'm talking about is if I want my kids to know way more than they ever would have learned in school about a subject such as like historical costuming or like historical social etiquette like I'm gonna do that with them so for instance we just learned about colonial America well with my kids we were able to make things like 
colonial soup. We had like a real recipe. And we even read a book called Stone Soup, uh, which is a really fun book. I'm sure you've probably read it in school. But then we got to do things like I'd showed them the wardrobe that people would wear. We would talk about different, you know, um, income levels, what they might wear, what their jobs might be. We got to do things where we would pretend and imagine maybe you're a frontiersman. Maybe you're a girl that came over on a boat. We got to have all these different scenarios. My son got really into the whole Native American aspect of things. He wanted to know how did they make these bows and arrows? How did they skin their deer? And we got to really go into it. So that is cool. Now, did we spend a lot of time that, you know, those couple of weeks learning a lot of math? No, we didn't. No, we didn't. But you know what? That's also what's really great about homeschooling. You get to say, you know, I really want to go in depth with these things right now. And I know that because I'm a private ass tutor, I can spend time doing the math and following up with this in a later day. So that is really, really great. And then also, you get to read different books with your kids that you think really goes well with the curriculum that maybe wouldn't be read in school, maybe wouldn't be read in school at their age level. So let's say your kid is like super into reading, but they're really young. You as the mom get to say, here kid, I'm gonna throw these older age level books at you and your kid is gonna eat them up. Or maybe they're really struggling in math or science. Well, my kids all love science because at this age, basically, it's, wow, let's watch this thing explode, make a mess, blow up, shrink, freeze, melt. So all of those things, I mean, my kids, I'm the one doing the dang experiment and they're watching and like, yeah, mom, this is great. Okay, so, but, like, maybe they're not doing that well in math or reading. I have one kid that's not doing well with reading and one that's not doing well with math. And so, what's awesome is that you get to bring that back to their level. They're not getting skipped over. They're not just passing by by the skin of their teeth. They're able to really understand the concept. And you're able to sit with your kid and be like, you know, your brain works very differently than your sister's brain. So I'm going to teach it like this. I want you to do jumping jacks while we count by twos or whatever. Or, hey, you're really super fidgety. Instead of getting in trouble for fidgeting in class, um, in public school, or getting in trouble for chewing gum or biting your pencils, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to get you a bouncy seat that you can jump on obnoxiously throughout the entire lesson for today because I know that you need something that's going to help you focus, and this is it. So you're basically kind of being like an occupational therapist and a physical therapist and a speech therapist. You're being um, a therapist therapist. Like what is going on in your mind today? You're doing all of that. All those specialized little fields that would be attached on to your kid during school. You get to be the guy, which is amazing. It is also what sucks. (laughs) Uh, So I did want to quickly just read with you guys an actual mission statement. All right, so I was just talking about the mission statement. And actually, earlier when I was recording this show, I was in my car and I was just waiting at the doctor's office again to get some more blood test stuff, Um, but not for Luca, for me. So yay. Okay. The reason I think that a mission statement is a really big deal is because there are going to be so many days where you're like, screw this. There's no paycheck. Nobody cares what I'm doing. This is ridiculous. 
or your house is going to look like a dumpster, you're going to just want to give up. Your kids are going to argue with you. They have a comfort level with you that is completely different than they do with a public teacher. And they're going to show it. And I remember doing like autism therapy stuff. They're always like, you should be really thankful your kids are sharing their emotions with you because you're a safe place. And I'd be like, whatever. I just don't want them freaking out at me all the time. Anyways, we, uh, my husband Evan and I decided that a mission statement would be a great way to run our homeschool. And we kind of looked at it as a business. And it is a business. It's a business that's not making money but it is producing future human beings that you would like as friends. It's producing future humans that are going to hopefully make a difference in the world just by being there. And it's a really, really big job and you're going to need help. And even if that help is just a mission statement that you have printed out and you stick it on the fridge. And when you go over to the fridge and you're taking deep breaths because you don't want to cuss at your kids or like flip out and throw their lunch, you read your statement. I made ours with like this super fancy font. I really like medieval and Renaissance style things. So this font is exactly up that alley. And so I'm just going to read it to you. And again, your mission statement could look completely different. We just wanted to simplify what is it that we want from this? Why are we doing this? Okay. <clears throat> Early family homeschooling mission statement for our children to realize their individual identity in Christ through teaching and application of the word in our daily living to practice stewardship over our children's lives, cultivating a safe place to share our hearts and minds with one another and to protect our children's childhood and purity of heart to develop a flexible and efficient school day free from wasteful uses of time for our children to acquire knowledge and experience that will lead to success in their lives, to experience quality family time, and foster intentional peer socialization. So when we went over this mission statement, my husband and I really did just make columns and we did brainstorming and word association, everything we could. And then we would try to fit it in into, you know, a neatly compacted little sentence. And for us, these things, these words really do mean a lot. So when we say things like, we want to have a flexible and efficient school day, what that means is if mom is sick with the flu and can't get out of bed, we aren't gonna be doing school that day. And efficient means we're gonna get this done because we have a doctor's appointment at 2 p.m. <laughs> we just, want to experience life with our kids. You know, we have these kids because we love them and we love the people that they're becoming and we have an integral role in that aspect, you know, that part of it. All we want for our kids is the best. And I know that everybody, that's exactly what they want. But we really do believe that God gave us these children and that these children um, hopefully will one day change the world, guys. And even if they change the world just by being somebody's best friend, that's a really big deal. And when you're an adult, sometimes all you need is just one really good friend. So as far as the bad with homeschooling, I kind of hit at it just a little bit about if mom has the flu. You guys, there's going to be times 
where you just don't even want to do it. You're just like, this is horrible. I don't get a paycheck for this. The people that I work with yell at me sometimes or don't want to do their jobs. And not just that, like you're the homeschool mom, sure, but you have to take on all the responsibilities of all the other things you used to do, but now your kids are always with you. And that makes it really, really difficult for things like doctor's appointments, if you want to get your hair done, which I'm a hairstylist. So really, it would be like when I have to do someone's hair, going to the bank, going to the gynecologist, <laughs> going there, your kids are with you. And that can be a really large pill to swallow, especially in the beginning. When you stop thinking that other people are going to take care of your children and you realize your children are learning a lot just by learning how to sit in a ding-dong waiting room. And they're learning a lot watching you doing things like filling out forms, being kind to other people. They're learning different professions. When you put it into those kinds of little idea slots, it can kind of help you be okay with it. And again, they are with you all the time. And I know that it really is a struggle for a lot of moms and dads. Generally, I love being with my kids. There are times when it's very frustrating to not have any privacy for a phone call with a friend or to go poop. There's a lot of times that you just really wish that you just had some space. For those of you that are more fortunate financially, I'm sure that you can do things like hire a mommy's helper. Maybe you guys have families that are like, oh my goodness, I just want to spend so much time with your kids all the time. If you have those things, good for you. Do not apologize. Those things are amazing. Anybody would want that, and I think that's awesome. And use that to the best way that you can. Use it so that you are furthering your children's development in the best way by having a healthy mom and a healthy dad. You know, that's what you got to do. So yeah, if you have that kind of help system, please go for it. Use it all the time. Evan and I do not have that experience. So we really have had to figure things out. And honestly, the coronavirus has rocked because my husband's been able to work from home. And that has made life so much easier. I actually have a lot of anxiety about him going back to work. But yeah, homeschooling is extremely difficult. There's times where I had been pregnant and you have that morning sickness and you're just puking and puking and it's supposed to go away after week whatever. Mine never went away. I'd be puking until like 22 weeks. And my kids, you know, I would deal with a lot of guilt with them being on the back burner. I would feel like they weren't learning anything. But my children are some of the most empathetic, compassionate human beings that I know. And you know what? That mom guilt, screw that. That is Satan again, you guys. Don't let those lies get to you. There is nobody better in the entire world to raise your children than you. You are the person that they want to hear from. Your opinion matters more to them than anybody's in the world. You are the one that can build them up and teach them that they are so important. And that is a really big deal, too. You need to show your children that. What you're teaching them has value, and they'll see the same value in it. It might not look like it when they are refusing to do something like stack whatever, your gummy bears that you need to do for math or whatever, or maybe they're yelling at you because so-and-so took their special marker, or maybe one of them just crapped their pants, and you have to 
end like this really awesome topic that you were talking about so you can go wipe their back off. So I don't know, man. Homeschooling is really great. Like I wouldn't change it for the world, but I don't want it to look like some kind of Pollyanna thing where it doesn't bother me at all and it's always so great. I think people might think that about homeschoolers, but it's very difficult, very difficult. Not to mention, you know, you're giving up another income, a potential income at least. I stopped working as a hairstylist full time. So you have to understand like homeschooling is super duper expensive. Not just the supplies that you have to buy, but maybe the curriculum that you choose. Maybe you want to do all these extra activities like ballet or softball or whatever it is. It just adds up over and over and over. And there's all these people trying to teach you all these different things. Come to me and I'll teach you the best piano you've ever heard in your life. Or come to me, I'm going to teach math to your child. I don't know why the math teacher sounds like a pirate, but ahoy mateys, it's math time. Whatever. There's going to be all these different things that you see and you're going to think to yourself, I need to spend my money on it. So homeschooling is super duper expensive. Um, as far as action points, these are what I can tell you. Number one, just trust yourself. Trust yourself. Get rid of that friggin' mom guilt and shame. It's it's so whatever, 2009. I don't even know the word. But just remember, like, you are the one that is equipped to teach your kids. Number two, revel in the fact that you know your kids more than anybody else. If they're looking like a little uncomfortable or they can't stop fidgeting or you see that they're having issues reading, Follow your gut. Trust yourself again. But also enjoy the fact that you can do school however you want. You want to do it after dinner? You want to do it um, in the car on the way to whatever? Whatever. It's your turn to do it how you want to do it. Um, and number three, just remember that your children love you. And at the end of the day, you're just trying to raise them to be good human beings. And for us, we're trying to raise them into human beings that love other humans, and love God, and also love themselves. All right, guys, if you have any questions, please let me know because I actually would very much like to respond to them. If there's things that you think I could improve on in this episode or the episodes that I've been doing, let me know. I'm truly, truly interested. We're going to be hitting on homeschooling quite a bit, and a couple other topics are just going to come in and out quite a bit. But if there's something that you're like, I'm really interested in this from the earliest family perspective, or how do they deal with XYZ, just let me know. Uh, so thank you very much. Please share this with your friends, your family, anybody that you think might be interested at all. It's very exciting to see how our numbers are growing. I don't mean financial numbers because there's none, like it's zero. There's no finances, but it's really exciting and encouraging when I get little messages like, yo, your podcast, you know, really hit home or, hey man, I'm really pumped to hear you doing this. So thank you so much. I really appreciate it. And remember, God totally loves you. All right, guys, so we have officially finished episode four. Stay tuned for episode five, which will be coming out soon. And actually, it's going to be a little different than what I'm normally going to be talking about. But it is something that's a really big deal, and it has really struck home and hit hard. 
And that is the story of a 13-year-old boy with high-functioning autism that was shot by police 11 times. He was sit, he was hit by the bullets six times, and it was all because they didn't know how to handle his mental health crisis. 